Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Hazy, hot, and humid. A little wet out there, too, in New York City on the pier. Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Alan Hahn with Key here at the pier, Pier 17 in the city. And we were just kicking this around for a minute, so just for a second, and we'll get into all the other stuff we're doing. The Olympics had a football. T- if we had football in the Olympics, mm-hmm. you, you could have played, like, let's see, 2000 Sydney. Well, you made that team? 96. Yeah, how, two- how many wide receivers would you have on a roster? You got to – same thing now, like four to five. Four to five. Yeah, because so you, you, you would have five. So you would have had to have been one of the five best. Oh, for sure. Or at in least like a coach saying, I want that guy. Oh, in 2000, yeah, I'll make it for sure in 2000. In 2000, who do you think would have been the American head coach for the football? For the, the Team USA American football if that was a gold medal sport in the Olympics? Damn, Ooh. man, you put this one on me fast in gotcha. 2000? Could that have been Parcells? No, nah, Bill wouldn't want to travel. Wouldn't he wouldn't want to, want to deal with it. Belichick too soon. Belichick was an assistant was, still. Yeah, it was still too soon for him in 2000. So who would have been the guy? Jimmy Johnson would have been a great pick. Yeah, but Jimmy was – He's already kind he of past had, the Dallas days, no, but, but he, still coaching. Jimmy still was in Miami at that time, I think. Um, I would have to think. Bill Cowher? No, no. You got to have that, that, that pop Mike Krzyzewski type. Marty Schottenheimer? Shotty could have been one, yeah. but I don't think – Players with a like. It's funny to think about this because he never scored because no other country plays it. I don't remember if Bill Walsh was still alive at that point. I got to look and see. See, I think they would have gone like Chuck Daly. Like they would have gone that level. That's what I'm saying. Like a Bill Walsh. Because I don't think Parcells would have probably did it because Mm. of the honor. But I also know how he hates traveling. So, you know. (laughs) All right, but, but still, I think so. You I think for, so '04 was was Athens, I believe, right? '04, I believe, was I Athens. Know. So I know we had Sydney in 2000, '04 Athens. You would have made one of them. 2000 for sure, for sure. Yeah, it ain't even question. Been fun to put together. Like, what would be the what would be the Olympic the team? USA? I would have been probably like it would have been like Jerry Rice, uh, Chris Carter, um, Moss, maybe like Marvin Harrison, myself. Yeah. I think that would have been like the crew. I know I'm missing somebody, but it would have been like five of us. Thinking Chris Carter, thinking uh, Jerry know, for sure. Guys that were like the, the leaders in receptions, you know, Marvin Harrison, Ed McCaffrey. I don't know if Easy Ed would have made it. Yeah. I don't know. T.O. No, I don't think so. No. Jimmy Smith. So. Some good names on this list, man. Yeah, 2000. Yeah. 2000 would have been. Oh, I would have been on it. I ain't worried about me. Not worried? Nah, not one bit. <laughs> me either. We know Giannis would be an Olympian for Greece, but right now he's trying to be an NBA champion. And we were talking about this earlier in the show. It, it is, again, I know Jay's not here to, def- to defend it now, but yesterday he made a big deal about how when we talk about Giannis, it's not the same respect. And this is not about a disrespect. This is now, for me, it became a curiosity that I had to look into. And we've been talking, we talked with Kendrick Perkins earlier in the show already, and he sort of danced around it but didn't deny it completely. There is something different about the way Giannis, and this ain't even about media and fans. This is a strictly a thing that I've talked to Key about, and Key has acknowledged as well it happens in the NFL. It's that talent recognizes talent kind of thing. The superstars, the stars, the elite of your sport, the elite of any industry. You look at others that are elite, with a different type of enthusiasm than you do regular people. 
and there isn't that same reaction. Like when Steph Curry has a, a 40-point game or, a, you know, goes for 10 threes, you see on Twitter all the blue-check elite superstars of the game with some type of comment, some type of reaction. When Dame Lillard hits a, a logo three, Luka Doncic hits a step back or does something. You see all these guys go right to social media just talking about what these players are doing and marveling at their talent. Where are those guys when Giannis goes for 40 points in back-to-back finals games? Where are those guys when he's going downhill and Euro stepping over people? When he's going around Jay Crowder and Duncan baseline? We don't see that same reaction. So I, I, I asked some current and former NBA players why this is. And one of them that I talked to yesterday pointed out, just go see what James Harden said about him last year. And it, was, it takes us back. Now, remember, they had a little bit of rivalry going. Well, Harden wasn't happy. He lost the MVP in 2019 to Giannis. Harden then said something about how, well, the media creates this narrative. They just go with it. Media votes for the MVP. So then when their all-star happens and they're picking teams, you have the captains, Giannis and LeBron are captains, and Giannis decides with James Harden still available, he's going to choose between Kemba Walker and Trey Young. When asked why, he said he wants somebody that's going to pass. James Harden wasn't happy about that. Sat down with Rachel Nichols and said this. I wish I could just run, run and with seven feet and run and just dunk. Like, that takes no skill at all. <laughs> I got to actually learn how to play basketball and how to have skill, you know? I'll take that any day. I mean, that's a, that's a shot. Now, if Ken, he was also offended, so he was reacting in a sort of way that's a diss track for him. Yeah, but, but Key, there's something to but this. Look, but I don't look at it that way, though. I look at it as the professional side of things as a professional athlete, Giannis is a hell of a basketball player for his skill set and his size and what he's capable of doing with that size. But I also understand where James Harden is coming from. You, you, it, and when you said narratives about guys, and I've lived through it, I've been there, I've seen it, I just chuckle at times. When, when, and I hate to look at you every single time I say media, but <laughs> your first order of business was through the media. Yep. You had the badge with the media credentials, eating the cold hot dogs and the warm pop, soda pop in the press box. That was your life for a period of time. There's, all, there's always this narrative that's set with professional athletes in the beginning. And if you live up to that narrative, that's what you become. And that's true no matter who you are. If they see you as the next Mm -hmm. and you live up to as the next, they're going to make you the next. And if you don't, they're going to move on to the next guy and try and turn him into the next. Or if they say to you that Giannis is the same as Shaquille O'Neal because they both missed a lot of free throws in situations that – could potentially cost their team. The difference is, you know, you feared Shaq. I don't necessarily see people where they fear Giannis. It's like the red dot in football. You put the red dot on the guy when you're watching film. Laser the laser pointer. pointer. Right. It's like, we got to d- – this dude? Yeah. I don't give a damn what y'all do. But him, number 90, this Julius Peppers, y'all better block him. Or it's going to be over. We might as well go home. That's a red dot. Another guy over here, there's no red dot. And I feel like that's how some of the NBA guys 
feel about Giannis. Well, you got to red dot Giannis because you got to create a defense to stop him because of how dynamic he is in going you, to the you basket. Red, you red dot him as you red dot him, but you don't fear him. Like you don't feel like he's going to close out the game. You know, you're gonna you know think and, and close out games to me is different, right? When I look at it, if I'm up by seven and I got three minutes to go in a game and Giannis is on the floor, are they giving him the ball? I know we gave Shaq the ball, and he just turned around and dunked in somebody's face, hmm. and he got fouled, he missed the free throw, we went back down to play defense. It's almost like they say, no, 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 don't give it to Giannis. It's almost like the Ben Simmons effect, get his ass off the court. Now, with that being said, again, to try to make sure we balance this, the respect for Giannis, one player told me, is that he'll miss free throws, he'll miss shots. You'll never see him say, I don't want the ball. There are players in the league that are talented players, and I think this might have been a reference to Ben Simmons, but I didn't ask. It's like you see a guy who just doesn't want the ball because he just doesn't want to miss because he doesn't want that criticism and the pressure. Giannis, that's the respect he gets. Is That dude just keeps, he keeps bringing it. He's not afraid. Sure, I'll go to the line. I might have missed these two, but I'm going to take two more. I'm going to kick two more. I don't care. And, and what he said to me was that like young stars maybe have a, a, honor him a lot more than the older, than the vets do. They look at him as size and athletic ability, is it? But by and large, the stars don't really respect his game, and it's this whole Shaq thing that people are trying to bring up. Well, it's just like Shaq. Shaq, he said, is more dominant because of his size and the intimidation factor. The intimidation so, factor. When Big walked on the court, man, you could, I didn't even play in the NBA, but I could feel it. Yeah. As a fan, I could feel. I know Get that an aura. guy. His guys in football, where you was like, yeah, Julius Peppers just walked past me. That's different than the, <laughs> than the other guy, right? I mean, it's just there's certain guys at the position, yeah. the wide receiver position, guys that play in the slot. They run option routes all day long, and the first thing you write is they're the best receiver in the league. It's like, dude, he's running a damn option route. <laughs> Go left or right. That's not that damn hard. Numbers. It's all about the numbers. We oh, had how God, many catches stop. for how many yards. That's, oh, what's, but that's what we get stuck on. Let's bring in uh, our good friend of the show, Quentin Richardson, a former NBA player, joining us on the Goodyear Hotline. Q Rich. Uh, you probably heard some of that we were saying there, but I'm going to ask you, I'm going to poll you just as like I've been polling a lot of players, current and former, about this because I was just curious. I saw it yesterday on social, and I thought, let me follow up on this because it is an interesting point. Why is it, or if you, whether you agree or not, that it seems like the elite players of the game will react on social media publicly about certain things that an elite player does that when they're watching, but I don't feel like Giannis gets that same kind of whether it's respect or attention or love or any of that stuff. Do you see it that way? Uh, thanks for having me, fellas. Um, I, 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 I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I haven't paid enough attention to the, to what everybody else has, like the other players have been said about him on social media and stuff. But for me, <laughs> I don't, he check all the boxes. I mean, okay, maybe he does not instill the fear that Shaq did. I can, I can definitely agree with Keyshawn on that, but I don't know what everybody's talking about. The man is a two-time MVP. He's currently, right, he's been defensive player of the year. He's currently, right now, first-team All-NBA. He's averaging for the season 28, 11, 6 assists. Playoffs, he's averaging like 30 and 14. Like, what do you, what, what, what do you got to do? What, what, what? You know what, what it is, Q. Is not passed? You know what it is, Q? It's one of those deals where, He's a superstar basketball player, two-time MVP, defensive player, all the accolades that come with it. And uh -huh. the stars in the game, 
don't really respond to his 40-point-plus performances night in and night out the same that they would Steph, LeBron, AD, Dane Lillard, that sort of thing. So let me say this, Keith. Let me me frame it this way, right? Nobody really can, like, if you really want to get down to it, when you talk about the way that people score, Steph, Harden, KD, Dane, uh, Trey Young, them dudes doing it like that, just shooting from all over the place, half court. That is that is always going to be something that gets talked about first because that it ain't those things that they're doing. Nobody else could do it. That little cluster and that little handful can't nobody else do what they're doing. So maybe they want to look at Giannis and say he dunks a lot, right? But let's frame it like this, Keith. We talked about it last time. He didn't grow up playing basketball from, from three, four years old like we did. He was kicking a soccer ball or something. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't grow up in this same culture like we did. He didn't play the game. He just he started playing the game as a teenager, from what I understand. So if you don't got appreciation for how good and how great he's become in such a short time, forget about the high school and before we saw him. Just think about the first time you ever saw him play basketball, Keyshawn. Yeah, Allen. He was he was, he was nowhere yeah, close. Like You're right. He was supposed to be a project, somebody who was going to be okay or whatever. And then Jason Kidd, who I feel like doesn't get nearly enough credit for this kid's success, he put him at he he put that kid at point guard. And when he put him at point guard, that changed the course of his career and his life. He became the Greek freak because of that. If he if any other coach would have came in and they would have had him, they would have put him at the four. Mm. He'd have been a project. He'd have been all right. He possibly because his drive and his, how his heart works and how he's driven, he would have become some type of star, but not this. He could have not, I don't, I don't see him becoming what he is right now without Jason Kidd coming to that team, coaching him and putting that confidence in him that you could do everything. Yeah, no, I, I, I respect him. I like his game. I'm cool because I also understand what his game is. And all I want him to do exactly. is play that. I don't need you shoot no threes. <laughs> Put your damn shoulder down. <laughs> go to the cup. If they foul you, go to the line, make one, miss one. I don't care. I don't want to see any more threes, Allen. Now, 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 here's the thing. I'm with Keyshawn on that. I, I, I'm, I'm with Keyshawn on that. Damn a three. You, 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 you a bad boy. You don't need it. You can do whatever you want out there. When you, when you, when he get in that mode, ain't nobody stopping him from getting to the hole. So they can say what they want about all it. All he do is do this and that. Stop it. Yeah, all he does it. All he does is that, but he does it really well. Like I said, it was just something you know just caught my attention because I'm big on, and you remember this too when I when I would cover the league, I would ask players what they thought of the players. Like it wasn't about what I thought or what fans thought and voting and all that stuff. Right. Like I would ask players, like, what do you think of this? Who do you think of that? If I had to vote for MVP and stuff, I always made sure to ask some guys like. Who do you see? What do you think of this guy? Because I feel like the talent is what recognizes talent. And you, every now and then, you you get that guy that would tell you, like, no, no, he's not that good. Like, he might be putting up numbers, but he's not that good. And they let you know. But and there's that situation every now and again. But but I'm letting both of y'all know this is not it with Greek Freak. Okay, this, this is it. Please, you go thirty teams in the NBA and ask who they want first. He's gonna be somewhere in that top four or five guys. I guarantee you. What could the Bucks take away from Sunday to get Game Four? Man, I, I think they come exactly how they came the last game. I knew, you know, everybody was kind of saying it was over. I, 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 I paused from saying that because I watched them in the Brooklyn series. They did the same thing against a team that was very talented, and when they got to their home court, it was a different story. So I, I, I definitely expected them to come back home 
and, and you know, get the energy from their home crowd and, and step up and play. And that, that's what they did, man. They they came out. I like the defensive changes they made and, and the aggressiveness they came out with. And they just need to continue. If they're gonna still need big, you know, big contributions from the others, you know, uh, the PJ Tuckers of the world and and um, those guys, the Pat Connaughtons, they're gonna need all of those guys to step up. And, and Giannis still has to be Giannis, and they still need Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton to play big as well. Quinn Richardson joining us here on the Goodyear Hotline. Can you explain to those listening what home court advantage feels like and the difference of going from a raucous home crowd in Phoenix for two games and now you're the opponent? I always felt like no matter what, you feed off the energy of a great crowd. So if even if you're on the road, but there's a huge crowd and there's a lot of noise, I imagine you still get hyped for that. But so far in this series, it does feel like the opposite happens. For the road team, it has been a struggle, and the home team seems to ride that wave. What is that that happens to a player? Me, personally, I don't know, man. I, I, I always felt that, that uh, especially when I was when I was in Phoenix, when we, you know, when we played in the playoffs and had a long run, I felt that we as a team, even though we loved it, I mean, obviously, we put on shows at, at home with our fans, but it, the group we had, we came together a little tighter on that road, and and we we kind of embraced that us against all of y'all mode, and, and we played a little bit better. Sometimes we would come out sluggish at home because we just felt we were gonna peak people by thirty at home every time. But I felt like we kind of tightened the reins when we got on the road. But I mean, I, 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 it just depends on the group. Sometimes your age, the youth, and being you know you got leaders in the, on different teams that lead different, and, and, and Chris Paul's been around a long time, so. I think they play a little different at home than they do on the road, but but I, I just think Milwaukee, they, they, they're other guys. They they play better in both of these teams, actually. I think both mm-hmm. of these teams actually have players that play better on their home floor, and that's kind of the result we've been seeing. Quentin Richardson, former NBA player, co-host of the Knuckleheads, joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. What's your expectations for the young Devin Booker in Game 4? Obviously, it's well noted that and well documented that he struggled in game three and everybody's starting to scratch their head in the comparisons to Kobe Bryant and all of the sort of things that go with game three. What can he do to erase that in game four? He's going to come down and play well. I mean, I I, I I see this kid doing the same thing he always does. That's the one thing. And that's one of the reasons that I, I compare him to Kobe. I mean, obviously you have the, you know, the relationship, the be legendary moment and everything that came from that. But, I mean, if none of that ever happened, if you just watch the way he goes about things, he's not – he's a little bit different than most of these young guys. He's not out there switching up the kicks every game. He's not He's not into that. He wear – from what I've seen, he's wear the same little purple pair of shoes every game, and I, I don't know what that's about. But I'm just saying, like, to me, he's more of just – he's a grinder. He's a grinder. I mean, yeah, he struggled, but I, I see I see some of the same things in him. If you think about the uh, the last game, even when he started out one of six, one of whatever he was, and, I, and I'm just thinking, like, this remind me of Kobe against Utah, struggling, 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 but – but but he wouldn't he wouldn't stop. He still was consistent, shooting the ball, looking for a shot, and playing. And I, I, as long as he plays like that, he's not gonna miss all those shots again next game. And that's the, that's the thing that I like about him that he he's unwavering, even when he's missing. I don't ever see it on his face. I don't see him searching a look, and I just see kind of a stoic look. And I'm about to come back down and go at it again. Yeah, come yeah. back down and go at it again. And he stays even keel. You never see him really, really getting into it or complaining with a ref or another player. He's kind of that type of dude. So I, that's why I compare him to Kobe because Kobe was like that a lot. Yeah, resilient. Just like you know, I'm going to continue to bring it and eventually you know these shots are going to go in. I, I do feel like, you that Booker among 
every player involved in this series, game four is his game. Like, to me, that's a game where I really will learn a lot about him and where he is at this stage of his career. I mean, it's the biggest stage he's ever played on. And I, I will watch him closely to see what kind of game is he going to bring. Because Drew Holiday kind of got, like, physical with him. And even though I don't think he got the best of him, he certainly shut him down. And that's become a little bit of a mental warfare now between these two. So, you know, again, I'm watching him closely. I feel like, you can tell me if I'm wrong, that's a guy, if you say to somebody, I've never watched basketball before. Well, watch this dude in this game because it, this is going to be the story of the game. Would you agree? Like, Booker, to me, is the story of game four. Yeah, I, I feel I feel so. I mean, and I, I think you also, before we just give Book, I mean, Drew Holiday all that credit. I saw Chris Middleton on him. I mm-hmm. saw P.J. Tucker on Devin Booker. So they, regardless of what's going on, they're making it a point of emphasis for one of their top defenders to stay on him, and he's seeing multiple bodies and trying to wear him down. So, I, I do expect him to bounce back from that game and come up and play a big clutch game for uh, for his team uh, the next game. Mm. All right, Q. Great stuff as always. We appreciate you, man. Thank you. All right, buddy. All right, fellas. <laughs> Q. Rich on the Goodyear hotline. Interesting thing that he said there about, though, again, Devin Booker and, and those purple sneakers, the purple Kobe's that he's got on each game. He's not changing them up, nothing going on, nothing goofy happening with him. It's just straight up. Just focusing more on his game. And I'm telling you, game four for him, huge game. No doubt about that. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Be your own hotspot with Straight Talk's unlimited. I do it every time. Ultimate unlimited plan. Get 10 gigs of hotspot data for just 55 bucks a month. All in America's largest, most dependable network. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Compatible device required. See straighttalk.com. So coming up, when will Baker get a new contract? That's after speaking of reads. Key has this from Goodyear. Goodyear knows when the playoffs heat up, so do the possibilities. The underdogs begin to emerge, and the top seeds are solidifying their position. From here on out, every game is a chance to create momentum, to make the right pass, the right move, to hit the perfect shot. It takes momentum to build up to the moment, but it takes everything to capture it. Goodyear, more driven. Who is your favorite to win the AFC North after what transpired in the NFL draft? Yeah, speaking of balance, the Cleveland Browns. I can't believe I'm saying it, but it is. Baker, uh, he has to be better. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. 
Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. John Shavi with the call on ESPN Radio as Pete Alonso repeats as home run derby champion. He defeats Trey Mancini of the Orioles in the finals. Alonso of the Mets, he becomes the third hitter to win back-to-back home run derbies. He joins Ken Griffey Jr. and Ioannis Cespedes. Shohei Otani, he was knocked out after going to a first-round swing-off. The second tiebreaker, this got very dramatic. He and Juan Soto of the Nationals. The final tally between the two, 31 home runs to 28. On the hardwood, more trouble for USA Basketball. They fall to now 0-2 in Olympic exhibitions after a loss to Australia yesterday. They lost Saturday to Nigeria. So that's back-to-back L's for Greg Popovich's team. And prior to Saturday, Team USA was 54-2 all-time in exhibition since 92, and that's when pros started playing for the team. U.S. plays Argentina today. The Stanley Cup has been damaged, dented, amid the Lightning's second boat parade in 10 months. They've won the Cup now in consecutive years. The Hockey Hall of Fame's keepers of the Cup could be seen carrying the damaged Stanley Cup with a blanket covering the bowl and loading into the back of a car. A source tells ESPN's Greg Wyshynski that the cup will be shipped back to Canada for repairs. No word on how it was damaged. Lightning first team to repeat a Stanley Cup champ since the Penguins did it in 2016 and 2017. Sports Center brought to you by Mako. And the Stanley Cup needs Mako. With Mako and their magic, your car is no longer tragic. Life throws you uh-ohs. Just say better get Mako and head to Mako.com to get an online estimate today. As we move closer to training camps, we continue the quarterback conversations. And, boy, I tell you, all eyes on Cleveland and the Browns and what they've got going after the finish they had to the season last year. And, of course, Baker Mayfield finishing strong. Their running game stronger. Their defense getting better. And now the return of Odell Beckham Jr., what that all means. But with the success of Baker Mayfield comes now the questions about when does he get paid Mary Kay Show Cabot, me the money. Yes, who covers the Browns for Cleveland.com, joining us on the Goodyear Hotline. Mary Kay, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great, guys. How are you doing? So let's discuss, of course, where things are progressing with Baker Mayfield and the Browns. He's had to establish himself as their franchise quarterback, as we know, and as you know better than anybody. They've waited a long time to find somebody. So are we expecting them to lock him up into a long-term contract pretty soon here? I do expect them to lock him up to a long-term contract, but I don't know that the uh, the timing uh, is going to be something that will happen before camp or even before the season. I don't know that there is a sense of urgency on the timing, in part because 
they've already picked up his fifth year option for 2022 uh, at 18, about $18.6 million. And, and that's not the end of the road. I mean, they're not just going to let that happen and, and not do the extension. They will do the extension. But they have other sort of more pressing contract issues right now. Uh, Baker and, and his camp, they know that the Browns view him as their quarterback of the future, of their franchise quarterback, and that they want to do this deal. And that's why they're not fretting about it either. I mean, it's not like it's not contentious. Uh, it's not like that in any way. Both sides know that this is something that is on the horizon, uh, and it's just not something that they're worried about getting done in the next two weeks. Mary Kay, let's assume, let's just, let's just play devil's advocate here for a minute. Let's play the game. What if the season starts, they don't get the deal done this summer, and the Browns go – Two and five, two and four to start with, three and five, and it doesn't look good. And Baker's playing okay. Do they just continue to just weigh out the fifth year option and and run it back, or do they extend him? Well, in that, which I consider to be a very unlikely scenario given what they have on this roster, uh, in, in the event that it just doesn't go well in the early going, I suppose that could change the game or the philosophy a bit. Uh, but I just don't see that happening with what he has around him, including a much better defense this year. Uh, you know, th- that's, that was the missing part for them last year. For the most part, they had other issues uh, that sort of prevented them from going a little further. But, uh, you know, the defense was, was a huge problem. And they really resolved that. Uh, you know, it's going to take a little while for them to maybe come together. Uh, but they now have a defense that complements their offense. I don't see them faltering out of the gate. Uh, What I do see happening is uh, I see Baker building on the season that he had last year. This is such a quarterback-friendly system as well. I I think he'll excel in it, and I think – let me just say this real quick. I think one of the things that the Browns would like to do, and maybe even Baker would like to do, is everybody get – data for him on basically kind of a year in the Kevin Stefanski offense once the lights went on. So that would happen after about six, seven games. They'd have almost like a year's body of work on which to base this contract because his his career to this point has been just so inconsistent with coaching changes and offensive coordinator changes. I think everybody wants to take a look at, hey, let's, let's look at a year under Kevin Stefanski and base the, the money on that now, will it come to that? I don't know, but I think that is part of the thinking. What what you're hearing around Cleveland Nation, around the Cleveland Browns organization, do they feel like Baker's numbers, whenever they come in, will be within line of where the top quarterbacks are today, or slightly behind, just based on it being a quarterback friendly system? Which sounds like to me. People feel like any quarterback can run the system, which I don't. Well, I I don't think so either, because if you look at at Baker Mayfield and some of the things that he can do, he does have an elite skill set in certain areas. One of the things that I find uh, that he does better than or as well as most quarterbacks I've seen, and that is throw the ball extremely well when he's on the move and on the run. And they get him out to do that. They'll get him on the boots and the keepers and those kinds of things. Uh, and, and when you get him out there, he can be he's very dangerous when he's on the move. Even though he's not a mobile quarterback, uh, he, he can move and throw that thing 
and and nail it when he's out there. So, uh, you know, that's one of the things that he does extraordinarily well. Uh, and then I don't think he can just plug anybody in and have them have them do that. Uh, so, you know, I I don't think that he is a system quarterback per se. I think he's functioning very very well in this system uh, that enables quarterbacks to shine and not throw a bunch of interceptions and gives them tons of options. Uh, But I I think that that's another reason why they have found their man. I mean, they have their system, they have their coaches, and they have a quarterback who can run it. So you can call it what you want, uh, but they feel like they have their man. The guy that fits what they want to do. Mary Kay Cabot joins us right now on the Goodyear Hotline, covers the Browns for cleveland.com uh one of the pieces that is is returning for baker mayfield in this offense is odell beckham jr and you know there is this thought and i know there's a a bit of a conversation happening there is before odell was injured it felt like at times baker was force feeding odell a little bit trying to look target or focus on him so much that it took away and once he was out of the equation, he seemed to spread the ball around a lot easier without maybe feeling that need to make sure Odell is getting the football. Is there any concern about the return? I mean, it shouldn't be a concern. He's got so much talent, but you know what I mean. Like, is there this thought that Baker can't go back to doing that again, that Odell just has to be another receiver, and if he's open, sure, you throw to him, but he's not somebody that you should focus on? Well, I think that Baker has grown up in this offense, even though it's a compressed time frame. I think he's grown up in this offense enough that he won't have that pressure this year. I think he has the confidence uh, to know that it works if he spreads the ball around, that he's not going to feel that external or internal pressure to get Odell the ball next year, uh, because I think now he sort of owns the offense. I think there will always be an effort to get a star like Odell Beckham Jr. the ball. I think the coaching staff will try to make sure uh, that he is fed and happy and involved and all of those sorts of things. But I think Baker can handle that now. And I think that those two will do much better together uh, for a number of reasons, including the fact that the lights really have gone on for Baker in this offense. And, and he's just you know playing with so much more confidence than he did in the first half of last season, and I think that will carry over. I think those guys will be fine together. Let me ask you one last quick question before we let you go. In terms of OBJ and Landry, their contracts will be coming up real soon, and clearly they'll be underpaid. Of the two receivers, if they had to move on from one, which one would it be? That is a great question and a very, very tough question. Uh, You know, I I don't know. I'm guessing maybe – if you had to pick one uh, to stick around, maybe you would, would pick Jarvis just in part because he does have such amazing chemistry with Baker and they, they just function very well together. Um, but, but you don't know. I think a lot of it is going to come down to how do Odell and Baker look together this year. And maybe, those, maybe there is a world in which both of them can return, and I've written this before. The best way that they can make a case for that to happen is to be a major reason that the Browns excel this year and maybe even go to the Super Bowl, which some people, of course, uh, think that might sound preposterous. But it's not out of the realm of possibility this year. And if those two guys, you know, want to be back and get the money that they feel they deserve, the best way to do it is to get them there this year. Mm. Mary Kay, great stuff as always. Thanks so much. 
Thank you, guys. All right, thanks a lot, Mary Kay. Interesting what you said there about the receivers. Nobody, see, nobody, That's a great point. nobody is even thinking about. Everybody's concentrating on Baker. Nobody's even thinking about Landry yeah. and OBJ. Decisions, so this is really decisions the year. that have to be made on their futures with the Cleveland Browns Feels as like well. If you're the Browns, like this is the year because there's a lot of tough decisions coming up. But the other think thing about you mentioned, it, they have a salary cap. They can't pay everybody. Oh, I know, right? Yeah, okay. Well, they'll figure that out. But I also love what you said about Baker Mayfield, that he owns the offense. And this time around, they're going to watch and see. You get a full body of work and decide whether or not he really is the guy going forward. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Protecting your small business is a big deal. Cover what you've worked so hard for. Visit ProgressiveCommercial.com. So coming up, why Key's mad at an AFC North quarterback, but it's not Baker Mayfield. We'll discuss that next. KJZ, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, and on the ESPN app. Hey, it's Greeny, and Tuesday we're looking back on the Home Run Derby, looking ahead to the All-Star Game, and looking way ahead to Game 4 of the NBA Finals. It's a busy day. We'll see you then. It's Greeny, starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Don J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Alan Hahn with Key this morning. We're brought to you by Goodyear. Goodyear knows from here on out every game is a chance to create momentum to make the right pass, the right move, to hit the perfect shot. It takes momentum to get through the playoffs. It takes everything to capture a title. Goodyear, more driven. Lamar Jackson has you a little bit angry. This video of him surfaced uh, on social media. You're not happy about this. Yeah. And he's on a basketball court. And he's playing, I guess, they're just little pickup football. And he's playing corner. Little DB. And you're shaking your head. I'm watching it right now. He's lined up. Like pushing hard, get a little physical. And, and and what what is it about this that you're not happy? Well, about? first of all, he don't need to be on no damn basketball court doing nothing. If he ain't taking a half court shot for charity, then he shouldn't be on no basketball court to start with. Okay, then you playing around, messing around with a football, covering somebody on a basketball court. Like you, what are you doing, dude? Like stop. Now, I'm not even talking about the money. Money aside. Which he's still waiting. Because he's going to get his money. Mm-hmm. You know, that's Kevin Durant-like. He's going he gonna to get his money. Even if he got hurt, he's going to get his money. But I don't need to take my quarterback, my teammate, the guy that I am relying on to help me get the Super Bowl ring, 
I don't need you taking no unnecessary risk. I don't give a damn if you know them, they homeboy. I don't care. So Go sit down in the corner, man. If you're in what the hell wrong with you? If you're in the front office with the Ravens. And then you, I'm going to tell him, you front, out? front office or not, teammate. Okay. Man, don't do that again, man. What's wrong with you? Are you a knucklehead? <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? He looked like he was just, just messing around. No. Wow. No. Why? For what? For some dude who's 18 years old, 17 years old, to push you the wrong way? For, for on that particular surface, for your shoe to get uh, too grippy and stuck and all of a sudden something happened, I get it. He's a phenomenal athlete. Nothing's ever going to happen. Oh, you're, you're too soft. You're an old man. Get off my line. No, man, y'all don't get it. That's my franchise. No. No. Absolutely not. I'm surprised by this take. Did you in your offseason ever? ever yes, but I'm a wide receiver. What is the difference? Because you're, I'm a receiver and I'm 22, 23 years old, and I don't know any better. I am not the franchise quarterback. So, yes, I played pickup basketball early in my damn career <laughs> until Bill Parcells came and said, I bet not catch you doing that anymore. <laughs> so, yes. Did that really happen? Yes. He wasn't having it. In fact, I believe Bill cut somebody who tore their ACL because they were playing pickup basketball. They got cut. Because they yes. got hurt. Yes. That's the Aaron Boone story. It's still an amazing I story. I don't want Lamar Jackson doing anything except sitting in the backseat of a car, being driven to and from wherever he needs to go. That's just my take. Wrap him in bubble wrap. Yes. Wow. That's okay. my that's my franchise. He's out there dude. messing around. That's I'm all. getting ready to give him about three hundred and eighty five million of cash. I, and I need him to perform at a high level. I don't need any nothing. And right before training camp. Well, that's the other like, thing. I, I, right don't, before camp. I don't need it. It makes you hold your breath. Easy, like, especially with the way we're seeing injuries happen, the way we're seeing them happen these days. I, I just don't. It feels like there's a lot more of no, that. No, man, not him. I get it. He's an athlete. He can do all that, right? Don't need it. I don't need him uh, skydiving, jet skiing, riding motorcycles. I don't need him doing nothing even remotely close to anything except playing football. If you're going to have anything happen, have it happen on the football field, please, as my teammate. You'll feel better that way. Not even a front off. I'm talking about as my teammate hmm. because I rely on you. You have to get me the football. It helped us win. Without you. The season's over. It's a wrap. Yeah. Baltimore can forget it. Oof. Yeah, there's certain you guys, see, I guess. You, I guess and, I you see see what, and you see what – Kevin Stefanski said about Miles Garrett's short basketball career. Oh, yeah. That was the end like, of that. Like, no, nah, man. Uh-uh. I saw a video. It's like, what are you doing? He's dunking on people. What are you doing? <laughs> you are our franchise on the defensive side of the ball. No. Speaking of basketball, we got to discuss this. You heard it on SportsCenter, but real quick here. I mean, yesterday I kind of just, like, downplayed U.S. losing to Nigeria on Saturday. Just downplayed a little bit. Yeah, yeah. They lose to Australia. Now, there's their 0-2. This exhibition, I get it. It's just an exhibition. But I got to feel a certain way. Like, Greg Popovich really tried to put up this front, like, you know. Minimize don't, it. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah the, you're making a big deal. You're being disrespectful to our opponents. But watching this team play right now, they, they don't have a lot of time to get ready for the Olympics. Of course, we know that. But a lot of the other international teams who have NBA players are going through the same thing. 
But there is some concern going into this Olympics. I'm sorry. Not me. Not you? No, man. I, I, Did you watch them? I now, get it. Against I, Nigeria, they, they kind of got caught. Like Maybe they man, just kind of like rested a little bit. News, but Australia, they were winning the game. Then the third, third quarter, they, Australia goes on a run. And then it becomes a dogfight. And their fourth quarter, in the last about five minutes of that game, their execution was awful. They were just – and they yeah. got KD. They got Beal. They, I mean, they got Dame Lillard. They've they got, got guys they got that should be able to win by themselves, and they cannot. Yeah, but they it's got, a problem, man. And they play Argentina today. It. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. They could lose another one to Argentina. I'm not worried about it. You understand the last Olympics that their point differential was plus 117 in five games? I, I get it. And I they understand. beat Australia by 10 in pool play. But they did, I mean, they had some close games. People forget they weren't blown. This isn't like the dream team that were blowing everybody out. They did have some close games in the last Olympics. They did. Close games, but they did win. And in the gold medal game, they won by thirty. So you don't. So you don't believe that they get ready to get it done. I'm a little worried. This is notion that the rest this, of the world is catching up is one thing. But they got cons- real pros. They got real pros on the international teams. No question. Well, about they don't it. look like pros when they're trying to execute in the last couple of minutes. They got to figure that out. I'm not. I'm not worried about Katie in the game, though, man. For real. This overreaction. You're a reporter. It is not an overreaction. It's a concern. You're reacting over. It's going to make me watch. There's no doubt about it. But you're overreacting to Lamar Jackson. This is a real thing for me. I'm overreacting to my. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.